Welcome to Sonosphere, the podcast that explores the sounds all around us in art and music movements through history. Thanks for joining us. We're your hosts. I'm Amy. And I'm Chris. Okay, um, so my name's Alex Weston, and I'm a composer based out of New York City. Yeah, so I, I've kind of always played piano. I've been playing since I was a very, very young child and um, got uh, very into jazz music, maybe in like middle school and started taking that very seriously and uh, treat myself very seriously as a state improvising a lot. And through improvisation, that sort of coalesced into composition and taking things that I had been improvising and refining it into fuller compositions. And um, that sort of led to me to almost... Like, I barely even play jazz anymore, to be honest, but that was my inroad into classical composition. That's what made me decide to go off and study it. In terms of what made me start writing music in film is I, I wouldn't consider myself explicitly just a film composer. Like I try to work in a lot of mediums and do, do concert music as well and, you know, do solo albums and things like that. But really enjoy working in film and seeing how I can use my voice in that medium. When you talk a little bit about um, your time that uh, you spent with Philip Glass and, and how that may or may not have inspired you moving forward with your career. Of course, yeah. So when I, um, when I graduated school, I, uh, I moved to New York City to try to figure out what, uh, what to do to how to make a living as a composer. And I got very lucky in that uh, I somehow met up with met Philip's old assistant and then, you know, uh, eventually took over for him when he, when he left the position. Um, so my job... Uh, is, uh, was music assistant, so kind of assisting him. And uh, it's, it's not like a normal, like you hear about like film composer studios where, you know, there's like a team of orchestrators and programmers and stuff like that. That was, that's not the arrangement that we have. It was more, um, you know, he, he writes everything. And, you know, I would help uh, realize it, whether it was on like, you know, just the practical end of making sheet music or like, you know, producing recording sessions or things like that. Um, and I mean, it was, it was a great experience because it got me into the room for projects that, you know, someone right out of school, I don't think I would have had any opportunity to be close to otherwise, and, you know, be able to work on sessions that, you know, might have at a scale that I, I wouldn't have any experience with if I was just, you know, just starting out myself. Uh, in terms of stylistically, I think, um, of course, it's definitely had some impact, and I have always been a fan of him and his work. Um, I think my writing is very different from his, but uh, I, I've learned a lot from him, especially in terms of um, attitude and how to approach music and approaching output and how to even you know, really picture music to picture when you're doing a film and things like that. Well, specifically to talk about The Farewell, um, uh, so that soundtrack, the decision to use voices in this way was something that was the result of how a lot of conversations I had with the director, uh, Lulu Wang, uh, Lulu Wang, when we were um, getting the process started, uh, she had this idea of having the, the score feel very, you know, very like traditional classical in a certain sense. And, you know, we didn't want to just, you know, pretend that we were writing Vivaldi. It still is a score. 
is original and, and modern, but we want it to feel uh, very, very classical and very formal because, you know, even though the story centers around, you know, a, a family, it's a, it's a small story in that it's something that every family has gone through or almost every family has gone through. So, but that doesn't mean that the weight for them doesn't have to, uh, it still feels big. It still feels big and important and giving it this uh, very like quote unquote serious classical music sound gave it, um, you know, more emotional weight to the characters, whether or not they could show it with the action of what's going on on screen. So um, another thing that we really explicitly didn't want to do is even though so much of the story takes place in China and is a, about Chinese culture, uh, we really didn't want it to feel like, you know, I was parodying or taking another culture's style of music, which, you know, is not my experience or my, my you know, my style. Um, so we used a lot of, like, like I said, we were trying to make the score sound very, very classical and very Western classical, which also here in China, there's a uh, a lot of people who are there is a big much bigger classical music or appreciation for Western classical music over there. Um, you know, I've I've hit, uh, friends here in New York who are in you know little, not very popular or not not well, not well known string quartets who will go over to China and just play huge huge halls and venues just because it's much bigger over there. Um, so that was one of the other things with using Western style classical music in in China and the other thing of not using music of Chinese culture is also it is such a such a universal kind of story that the movie is telling even though it is very specific and very universal at the same time so we really didn't want it to explicitly sound you know quote unquote like Chinese how do you approach composing for film and television versus these ensembles and ballets um you know, where one I feel like comes more from freeform ideas and one you uh, have to be essentially inspired by the work that's set before you. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, I mean, it's, it is a totally different process. You know, it's, it's a matter of, you know, with film, like, you know, the last thing that happens, one, or usually one of the last things that happens, sometimes you'll get it at the script stage, but that very rarely happens. Usually it's when the movie is, or even the edit is practically locked. Um, which is an interesting kind of uh, inspiration in its own, not just drawing from the pictures, but even like, um, you know, you have this source material, you have what you have to emphasize that is literally on screen, or in the case of trying to show the emotions that the characters are feeling, not visible on screen, or, you know, trying to emphasize the unspoken things. Sorry, that, a, that doesn't really make any sense. But, <laughs> um, uh, you know, we, we do something to work from, which is an interesting which does give you a lot to work from, but at the same time, um, there's a limit, but can also, which is, you know, I have to, at exactly 35 seconds, I have to hit right on this cut or something like that, which can feel simultaneously constricting and also can be a weird source of inspiration where you're like, well, I know this has to happen here. So I have to make a phrase that works this way. And it can almost feel like craftsmanly, you know? Um, you know, it's the same way within like a more classical sense if I'm working on, you know, a piece of vocal music, you know, I have the text, uh, text to work from. And even if it's, 
you know, I don't know how the melody is going to go, but it's like, okay, well, at least I can start with these words and I can work from there. Um, and, you know, this is totally opposite of when I'm starting, when you are starting from nothing, when you are doing a piece of totally just, you know, not programmatic, just plainly music for music's sake, or, you know, or the exact opposite of film I've kind of considered is working with dance companies, which is always an amazing experience because you get to send over a piece of music when it's done and then show up two months later to rehearsal and see that someone else is taking something you've made and made something so much more with it. dance i've uh, i've sent over music first and then the choreographer does does their work on top of it and, you know maybe, maybe things get changed once we get into workshopping it or get into rehearsals but in my experience it's been you know that's been the process Um, I, I really think just, just right now, I, I really hope that people get a chance to go out and see, see The Farewell while it's in theaters. I think it is uh, a very, very moving film. I think it's incredibly well done, and I'm not just saying that because I was lucky enough to get to work on it. Um, yeah, I think, I think they did a great job, and I really think a lot of people are going to relate to it. This has been an independent production of Sonosphere, produced by Amy S. and Chris Williams. Check us out at sonospherepodcast.com. Subscribe on iTunes and check us out on SoundCloud. Thanks for listening. <laughs>